Hello and welcome to the Baseball Wisconsin podcast. I am your host, Tim Gottler. So we're in the fourth inning of game one here. Uh, and today we sit down with Mr. Jefferson Eagle himself, head baseball coach in Jefferson, born and raised, Greg Featherston. So inside of Jefferson baseball program, uh, Feather's going to lay out some of the blueprinted success that led him to a state championship in 2014, state runner-up in 2018, and a long list of conference championships and a tremendous amount of success during his time as head coach. Please remember to subscribe, um, share, send to as many people as possible as we continue to highlight all the great things that are going on in the state of Wisconsin in this game that we love so much. Today, Feather sits down with us to unpack um, what is life inside Eagles baseball. Uh, and if you've been to Fisher Field before, it's quite a sight and quite an intimidating place to play a game. I want to thank Feather for his friendship and mentorship and for taking the time to sit down with me today and open up all the things that are about his program. Without further ado, head baseball coach at Jefferson High School, Greg Featherston. Feather, how are you doing today? Awesome. Good to be here. Thanks for the invite, bud. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, well, let's just get right into it. Um, tell us about your background in baseball. Where are you from? Where'd you play? How'd you get into coaching? Uh, funny story. Born and raised here in Jefferson. Uh, Little League all the way through up. Uh, uh, graduated in 1990 from Jefferson High School and was fortunate to be recruited by Coach Miller down at UW-Whitewater. Went down there and uh, Played four years down there for Coach uh, Miller and graduated in 95 and have been at Jefferson's. Got a, a job opportunity actually in uh, 96, halfway through the year, graduated in December. And uh, fortunate enough to get in here and uh, three years later was the head coach. So uh, born, raised, proud to be an Eagle um, and just happy where I'm at with my family. Got three kids, my wife. Uh, we love it here and uh, couldn't be any happier. Yeah, born and raised, man. That's that's fantastic. Um, so you said you got a you got a job in the district. Are you a teacher? I teach high school physical education, uh, speed and strength, to PE nine, to lifeguarding, to adaptive kind of whatever. Uh, we got a lot of satellite teachers, so kind of uh, schedules and so forth. So which is great. It mixes my day up, and and then uh, right now I'm just coaching baseball. Last year I helped out with coaching basketball. Uh, supposed to coach girls swimming this week, but. Uh, you know, obviously the WIA postponed that, but uh, kind of done a little bit of everything here, trying to help out Jefferson as much as possible. Been a football coach, track coach for a year. Um, love working with kids. Well, let me just stay on there for a second. So as a teacher, like, so how does your role as a teacher help you as a baseball coach? Well, the, the relationships and rapport, which I think is the biggest thing, you know, in our success and in our, and a lot of what we do is just being able to see those kids during the day, you know, I'm a lunchroom supervisor. I can see him in class. I can see him at lunch. I can see him out of school. Um, just being able to connect and see those guys or if they have something to talk to me about. Uh, it, it, I couldn't imagine not coaching at the high school and being the head baseball coach. So um, Jefferson's kind of a smaller school, 600 kids, you know, so everybody kind of pretty much knows everybody. But, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being in another school. So got lucky. So relationships, obviously, you know, in the classroom, like you said, hallways, um, lunch duty, everything else. Now, you also mentioned that you coach other sports or you've you know, assisted other sports. What have you learned from those other sports? What have you learned from coaching with other coaches? Um, obviously, communication, organization, uh, 
they hired me to be the baseball coach in 96, knowing that I was going to replace Bob Zweifel, Hall of Famer for the WBCA. Um, and then uh, the head basketball job opened up, and I was the JV coach back then and kind of got pushed into that role. And I kind of thought I was ready and, you know, this and that. But uh, uh, that was a, a good eye-opener for me. I, I think I did an okay job, but, man, I learned a lot of things what I, I should have done better. And uh, I had some great people around me to, to help me out with that process. But 23-week um, season, the X's and O's, uh, you know, just the, the basketball, how complex it is. Parents, which I think is one of the toughest sports um, for coaches to have to deal with is, is basketball. Um, so I just kind of took all those experience, the good, the bad. Um, and I think, by, and also by being a JV coach, I think too many young coaches just start out as a head coach right away. I mean, I was a JV. Me and Coach Stouty from Burlington were the JV1 and JV2 coaches for Bob's wife one year. Uh, not a bad staff. Now you think about it now, but, uh, you know, we're working together, trying to scrabble, you know, two, two teams playing you know, back in the, back in the day when you barely had JV two teams. So I'm um, just allowing coaching at the different levels. The other sports I think has, has helped me as a, as a whole um, coach and, and just understanding the whole com complexity of coaching community, parents, um, progression. Um, so been lucky. Yeah. I always, I, I laugh. I think the two hardest jobs in a high school for athletics are head basketball coach and then offensive coordinator. You know, I feel like, those are just really tough with, with the community and with parents at times. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I also was the offensive coordinator for two, two years. I've got to talk about that, but yeah, exactly. Run the ball. What are you doing? Throwing, you know, so those are all great ones. So, but uh, huh. no, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade any of those experiences for the world, you know, so. Fantastic. Well, you, you kind of mentioned a few influences. So like it's still sports talk radio question, right? The, the Mount Rushmore of, of your coaching influences. So as you look at, you know, people that you're connected with maybe really closely in the community, people you worked for, and then maybe outside of baseball as well, is there someone that stands out, three or four people that influence you the most? Um, coach Zweifel, Bob Zweifel, my head coach. Um, actually, he's my neighbor now. Um, one of my good friends. Um, I was able to uh, play for him. And just a no-nonsense guy, no excuses. Be on time. Practice hard. Give it 110%. I don't care what you're doing. There's no excuses. Find a way. Get it done. Um, his passion for the game, his dedication for the game, uh, morning practices at night. Um, you know, my, my college coach, coach, the late Jim Miller, um, just really kind of taught me about relationships and rapport. And uh, um, the experience I had at Whitewater, I, I just I wouldn't trade that for the world over anything I've done. The people, the connections, my best friends, our coaching fraternity from the Whitewater, um, and, uh, and, and obviously coach Vonlich, um, I was able to play with coach for two years and then, uh, John, uh, was a graduate assistant. Now, obviously he's a good friend and runs one of the best programs uh, in the country. And, uh, just, you know, being able to talk to him on a daily basis about anything I want, um, with baseball or, you know, has been awesome. Um, outside of, outside of those, you know, obviously I, I love my, my peers, my, you know, my coach Stout and my best friend, we talk baseball all the time, the head coach at Burlington. Um, but uh, outside, you know, Coach Krzyzewski from Duke, I uh, love it or hate Duke, but, um, you know, he's got some great books out there when I was younger, being a basketball coach, trying to be a leader, role model in our community, trying to emulate what they do at Duke University, which I think is, is uh, phenomenal. And, uh, you know, again, trying to, whether you're the, the, the 18th player on the team or the best player on the team, you got to treat everybody the same. 
you got to get everybody buying buying the whole both what you're trying to sell and all believing in what you're trying to do. So, you know, I know there's quite a bit. There's a big Mount Rushmore there, and, and I know there's some others obviously that influence, but um, relationships, rapport, doing it the right way um, are things and qualities that those guys have. One guy I'd like to lean in a little more is like your disciple of the Whitewater Way. You know, you mentioned Vo and how tight you guys all are. Like, I mean, we know how successful Whitewater is. You know, we send kids there. They win national championships, conference champs, you know, draft, draft picks. Like, from your relationship with him, what you know about that program, like what makes Vo and what makes Whitewater baseball successful year in and year out? You know, your, your family, I mean, you know, getting to know you, uh, how much family is important to you, you know, the difficult decision you made to, to leave a great program at Memorial to go to Falls, close to family. You know, Coach Miller is, is, is preached that from day one, family, the alumni, um, the group of guys we had, um, all believing, buying in the program, trying to sell kids to go, not sell kids, but, get, you know, get kids to go there. Um, the ability to talk to everybody, we still do golf outings, we do fishing trips. Um, we, we, we do quite a bit that I don't think a lot of, lot of other coaches or even players do for their, for their alma mater. So um, the family aspect, doing it the right way, the facilities winning, um, obviously they've, their tradition is, is unheard of right now uh, in what they're trying to do. But um, just being there for everybody, you know, you could call any of those guys up right now and they'd, they'd be there for you. So family is the biggest thing. That's amazing. I got to imagine that blueprint, you know, you, you take it down to Jefferson. Obviously you're born and raised a Jefferson kid. Now you're the, now you're the guy, you've been the guy for a long time. So what does the scope of baseball inside of Jefferson look like? What's the youth look like all the way through the high school? You know, the, the, it's been established from, you know, Jules Smith to Bob Zweifel to me. I mean, three head coaches in, oh, probably, I think 60 years. I don't know the exact number, but for one town to have three head coaches, uh, you don't see that too often. It's been kind of a baseball community from the 80s. The Scott Endels and Tim Wagner, those guys were at Whitewater. The Dan Bayriders, the Jim Stottenbachs, Lance Leopolds, you know. Growing up as a kid, you saw those guys playing, being an eagle, then they all kind of went to Whitewater. That was kind of like the following. But uh, we've had a pretty pretty good establishment before I even got here. Um, you know, you're typical. You know, back in the day we played Little League. Um, we've now obviously moved along to try to compete with uh, uh, everybody else, but our main goal is to try to keep our kids in town. You know, we're stuck between Madison, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. The demand for um, club baseball, which 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 I'm 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 for as well. Um, you know, I'd like to get those kids to play during the week if we can. But we have a little league program, uh, fifth and sixth. You know, your t-ball like you do, and then we start our junior Eagles program about uh, fifth and sixth grade, depending on how many kids we have. You know, some years we have some, some years we don't. Um, Seventh, eighth grade, obviously. Then we have a JV2, a JV1, and a varsity program. And uh, less is better. I mean, we have tried to limit our summer programs to 12 to 20 games. And I know there's other communities playing 40-plus games. We're a three-sport town. Um, uh, and I think the more the years that we played a lot of games, we've lost those kids. Um, and, and in general, one class specifically, you know, the dads and me didn't, didn't see eye to eye and division and they they went out and played some tournaments this and that and played too many and all three of their kids aren't playing baseball in high school you know so uh less is better trying to make sure they're still having fun playing it the right way doing it the right way but still being able to play some other sports as well um i try to think what else you said there but uh let me let me just cut let me cut in for a second um you mentioned you have three teams at the high school 
So a varsity, a JV1, and a JV2. Do you carry a JV2 every year? Yeah, we've been fortunate. Like I said, um, again, I think the way our feeder program is set up, we're keeping those 10 kids. You know, we're not combining classes, not combining grades, and uh, we're able to do that. So um, sometimes it's a modified. It may be six JV2 games and then a full JV, JV1 game or JV1 team. But uh, in general, we're trying to keep three teams going. So okay. and it's been working so far. Yeah, I'd say. Um, so one thing I'm always intrigued on is how coaches run tryouts. You know, how many days do you use? What type of format do you use? Obviously, weather's unpredictable. Um, do you go more of a showcase type route? Do you try to inner squad? Um, do you cut or split guys? How, what does it look like in Jefferson? Um, by having the three teams, it's been nice. You know, we can move kids down. Um, juniors can play JV2. No, sorry. We can the JV2, the freshmen can play down, and we can mix and match um, for the most part. Our conference is pretty – uh, they want to keep kids playing. So if we got to move some kids around, um, they're willing to do that. Um, I like to do a four or five there. You know, we'll do that first week. Um, maybe even allow them in that scrimmage on Saturday if possible. You know, if somebody's not even close. But, you know, some of our juniors, if they're not varsity players, we'll ask them to play JV. They're not guaranteed to be a starter in JV, but they could go be on the JV team just because they're a junior. Doesn't mean they play JV. But we'll give them the option. Um, sometimes I've given a kid three options. You know, you can be our 17th player. You might never play. You could be on the JV team, play 50% of the time, play full-time, or just not, you know, or, I, or you could quit, or I could cut you. So um, we've been pretty fortunate. Our juniors have kind of bought in um, to being teammate, good teammates and team players. And uh, I think I only had a cut up high, but two or three kids in my, you know, all my, what, 18 years of coaching. So um, being able to move them down, kids are – more apt to do that, especially when we had a couple of juniors that moved down to JV. All of a sudden, they worked their tail off for their senior year, end up being a starter and an all-conference all player. You know, Corey Kaiser just comes to mind right away two years ago. Kid loved baseball, 100, you know, gave everything he got, just didn't have it his junior, sophomore year to be a varsity player and ended up being an all-conference player senior year for us. So those stories do happen. And, again, it's high school. We want to give them experience. You know, we take trips. You know, we do a lot of fun things, a lot of team-building things. And uh, kids want to be a part of that. Plus, obviously, winning helps. You know, um, winning these last this last you know ten years is way different than the first eight years. Um, and obviously, winning and, and and being older and learning from my mistakes has uh, helped in that process. Now, as a varsity team, as a varsity coach, do you guys practice with the JV one? How like how are you guys aligned in that regards? You know, we're, we have a field at the high school, and then we're across town at our, at our varsity field. So um, I do way more stuff now with the other school. Like on Wednesday nights, we might have the JV1 team come practice with us, you know, do some of our drills, combos, A, to show the JV1 or 2 coaches because sometimes the, the turnover there is, is uh, more than what we want. Plus then they can also see some of the seniors, how things are done or how drills are done. Um, sometimes we'll do all three together. You know, obviously this last with the pandemic, we all practiced together when we could this year, and uh, that works out great. We got a pretty good facility. Only have one cage at our, our main field. That we, if we had another cage, it'd be way more doable to have more combo teams. But you no, know, we're doing situations, or you know, you want to make sure everybody understands the base running or the uh, all our gadget plays or our defensive plays. It's good to see everybody there, um, and we have areas to to move on from there. So um, I've done way more of that in my my old as as I gotten older here. Um, for what I used to, I just kind of separated more at first, but now, now we do some more things together because, you know, and, and with injuries and 
we're moving way more freshman sophomores up than we ever have. Right. Now, did you mention you guys have a summer program traditionally? Like, do you guys ever have a Legion team? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a combo Legion, um, you know, depending on we're trying to, you know, obviously this year was a wash. Um, last year, um, you know, we, we decided to let some of our, some of our seniors give them the option that we're serious about baseball. We let them play in June. Once June got done, then July, we had our 17 U team and we, and we played for a, a Legion. Um, but in general, the last few years, we've kind of just been playing area teams. You know, we got some great programs around here. Well, with the Conemaugh, Heartland, Watertown, Beaverdam, Fort Atkinson. So we're able to get, and, and a lot of teams for some reason in our Rock Valley don't play Legion. So getting games is never an issue, and summer just isn't the same as, you know, trying to get to Appleton. You know, obviously the, the Legion Legion is big in some areas, um, you know, but it just it, – it's so long in the season, and we're trying to maintain three, athletes, three sport athletes, and just dipping into football and soccer has been tough to play that, you know, that Legion. But, um, you know, depending on our group, we'll, we'll sometimes get in Legion, sometimes we'll just play our teams and just try to get better locally. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to imagine one of the reasons is you guys traditionally play so deep into the season. Like you said, I mean, you talk about Appleton. I mean, that's a legit goal with, with your program every year. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams talk about it, but only only so many teams can actually do it. And, you know, looking at recent history, like you said, the last 10 years, you've had some fantastic teams and you've really built the, built the machine. So let's take it back into the high school program. Like, what do you think makes you guys unique? What's what makes you guys successful? Like the culmination of it, now they're at the high school, you know, someone's flying over your program, that 30,000 foot view. What are they looking down? What are they seeing? I think when you come play us, um, we're well prepared. Um, we're, we've covered um, as many scenarios and situations as possible. Um, we're fundamentally sound. We, we preach and practice fundamentals as much as possible. Um, and we're not just doing things to do things. Our kids are, why are we doing this drill? Why are we doing this? I think our kids, you know, are understanding why we do. We're not just doing a drill to do a drill. And I don't know if I did that all my first few years. But, uh, you know, we're going to do it the right way. We're going to play hard. Um, we're going to play great defense. You know, you're going to have to put some legit hits together um, to get some runs. We've had a tradition of unbelievable pitching and catching. And uh, the main reason, obviously, you know, winning, I, I don't know, all those championships in uh, the last 10 years and, and obviously in, in 14 and 18 getting the state tournament. But, um you know, our, our pitching development, um, you know, we put a lot of time into it, um, whether our kids are going to uh, uh, some camps, this and that, our off-season program, obviously, they're following, so they're ready to go with arm care. You know, unfortunately, a lot of that's on their own, um, but uh, it obviously helping with the with the sticks, the GRBs, and, and more and more kids doing some of those lessons, but, uh, you know, you're gonna, it's going to be a battle when you come to us, you know, just, just looking, you know, thinking about every time I look at it, I think of the battles, you know, we've had down at the Fisher Field, um, and, you uh, I uh, wish they weren't at Fisher Field. I wish they were would have been somewhere else, but uh, that's the bad thing about our sport and the regionals and not seeding sectionals. But uh, you're going to get a battle when you come play us, and our kids want to win. Um, and So, I mean, I think every coach talks about fundamentals. Right? We want to be fundamentally sound. We want to pitch and play defense. I mean, I think most coaches are going to talk to that. Like, you guys do it. So, like, what do you do structurally – to make sure that this is what we do every single year besides just a pregame speech or a pre-practice speech? I think the, the, the establishment that the players have done since the eighties, they want to be that next guy. You know, they want to be a Scott Endel. They want to be a Brady Endel. Um, they want to be, you know, 
you know, I think we had a streak of 22 straight years of a first-team all-conference pitcher, and that's unheard of, you know, and they just want to be that next guy. They want to be – our Tuesday starters are number one guy. They want to be the Tuesday starter, and, and to have a, a competition and a battle, um, you know, we're working in the weight room more than ever. Um, we're doing more – you know, way more drills than we ever run this going live, you know, so we're trying to prepare a little bit more there. Um, they're throwing a little bit in the fall, a little bit more than what they, they, they used to do, you know, on their own or with the local teams or whatever. So uh, I, I just think in general, they want to be that next guy at Jefferson. And, and I, don't, I don't know if I had really much to do with that. Um, obviously Wayne Kroll has established himself, not only in Jefferson, but the area with working with pitchers um, outside. So he's obviously been a big influence in our pitchers, and the reason why, I mean, the main reason why they're so successful is because of Wayne, his love for and demand to develop pitchers, whether they're from Jefferson or not. So, um, you know, I think just tradition and just want to be that next guy is, is, is kind of been the biggest thing. I mean, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like the, the playbook's working, you know, you, you got the structure down. So like, you know, you talk some of the minutia inside the team, you talk about team building exercises or, special things that you do as a program that, you know, only Jefferson baseball families or players get access to. What else is in there? You know, I mean, the, there's no secret, Samar. I mean, just, you know, just, I mean, I, I, I tell you everything, even off the record here, you know, we want to share what we have and whether it's good or bad, what we do. So we're not doing, I don't think a lot of things different than what everybody doing. Um, I think these last six years with our fence and our things that we've done, the, the father, mothers have come out as well, but the father, son, field day, work day. We never did that before. There's always players come on out. I get more dads now coming out to help out on that Saturday morning or Sunday morning to get the mesh uh, screen up to, uh, to to edge the infield. So um, that, I think, is unique. I don't know if a lot of a lot of places are doing work days with their families and parents. Um, you know, obviously, the team dinners have been awesome for us. Uh, you know, the team dinners at, at somebody's house uh, usually involves a blitz or wiffle ball game afterwards. Um it has been phenomenal going on trips. I think is huge. I know we've talked in general, but I think the trips have helped out a with our numbers. Who doesn't want to go to the Metrodome and play? Who doesn't want to go to Notre Dame? Um, so we've been able to do that with um, co-oping with, you know, Burlington quite a bit there for about 12 years. Um, so I think that helps. Um, I, and I, I know we talked, but I like going with Burlington's, but you know, you're taking two teams down or we're playing two teams from Ohio or two teams from St. Louis, you know, not just taking our own team. And some of the friendships that our guys developed back then, it's neat to see them kind of kind of talk now. But, you know, I don't think we're doing anything different. We're fundraising like you guys are. We're all trying to raise money to get as much opportunity for our kids with pitching machines, technology now, uh, which I'm a little behind now with technology. But, uh, you know, everything you do, again, family. We preach family. I, I, I got a, a lovely wife, three kids, and, and I want my kids to know how important family is. And I think that's the biggest thing as well. I'd like to just kind of test one at a time. So – you talked about, you know, uh, parent field days. Like, how else do you engage parents? What's your parents' communication role? Do you have things that are built in every year to, to, to you know, harness that relationship between you and your coaching staff and the, and the parents in your program? So we've, we've done a parent meeting, um, usually like a Monday night, two weeks before the season, to kind of go through our fundraising, our projects, our expectations. Um, you know, one thing you're going to get from me, you're going to get the truth, you're going to get honesty. Whether you like it or not, I'm just going to be honest with you, whether you're the, the worst player on our team, the 18th player on the team, or the best player on the team, or you're a guy battling a position for, you know, so you're going to get honesty from me. Um, I'm extremely approachable. 
we've had parent meetings um, for years, PowerPoints. Some parents, you know, don't want to be there every year. You know, they've done it four years, or they've had three kids in the program. We've seen it 12 times. Um, I, meet, I meet with my cat. I think what's things last, one of the things that changed in the last seven years, I meet with the captain parents. Usually it's the moms. Um, so I meet with them before the season, and we talk about senior day, team dinners, you know, food and water on the bus ride. Try to help me eliminate some of the things that I have to do so I can just coach them. We'll talk before the season. Um, you know, I mean, one year I had two. Let me just, can I pause there? Um, I'm always intrigued on captains. So how do you, how do you guys determine captains in your program? We, everybody votes. The coaching staff, the manager, the players at the end of the year for next year. Um, one or two will get nominated at that point. Um, on votes if it's close and then I usually then I talk to some of the other ones that wanted to be captains hey you got a chance to be a leader now from June through our open gyms you know you're, you're, you're only playing football what are you gonna do in the winter and then um, either we'll elect them obviously or maybe even have another vote but usually just they those type of kids have earned it so if they don't get elected right away there's no good way to do it um, but that seems to be in work in the last 10 years I mean, I've done, I've, I've elected them. Uh, I picked them, which was a horrible decision, a horrible decision. You know, obviously my image on some kids when I'm young is a lot different than what the kids obviously know. So um, we voted at the beginning of the season. We've had guys give speeches. We've had, you know, so that's kind of how we do it now. But, um, uh, and captains really haven't been a problem. Uh, guys have stepped up and we've had some, you know, I mean, Heath Renz, Andy Bray are quiet leaders, man, but they, they all, one played, you know, minor league baseball. The other was a four-year, you know, star at Oshkosh and just led by example. And we've had guys that are just the talkers, you know, so I don't know if one's better than the other um, in regards to that. Um, I don't think captain, great captains are necessarily winning us a state championship or a conference championship. Bad captains, obviously, are, are a part of that. Um, we also meet with our captains um, throughout the year, um, the coaching staff with them on things that they can do or how can we help them be better leaders or if they are quiet. Um, so we'll have many talks throughout the season. Um, not yet where we're getting a unity council. I know that some of you guys do, but um, their expectations are given to them on a sheet of paper. They'll sign something. They'll have a meeting with me. And uh, if they're struggling, you know, we'll take it away. We'll have to take it away once. Um, but uh, um, we want everybody to kind of want to be leaders and be – Event. Be a good teammate. One of our pillars, be a good teammate, be a great teammate, uh, be a better teammate, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. But we need all guys believing. Now you said you meet with the captain's parents and then you talk about your fundraiser. What do you guys do for fundraising? Not even fundraising, just about the whole season. Um, and then, and then I even got brave one year and I had a couple parents that just like the second, third time around. I'm like, here you go. Let me have it. I want to know what I did uh, that was just horrible that made you upset or what can I do better? And I think they were kind of taken back right away, um, but they gave me some great feedback. You know, I, I'm a guy that I don't think I have all the answers. I'm always, like I said, the, the Zoom meetings we've had in the, in the, during the pandemic with you guys have been awesome. I don't know about you, but I got 20 pages of notes uh, from all you guys. But uh, um, just trying to get better, um, asking them. I think that they see another side of me. Holy cow, he's asking us for what we thought about this. Um, so I think that's got to help them. And, and again, I, I'm not doing this. I do this because I love the game and I love kids, you know, and, and I think the people in our community understand that, um, whether maybe down a little game, uh, the Blue Devil game, uh, locals, you know, we're down there supporting, helping out coaches and, and doing whatever we can. We're involving our, our youth. We have a camp. Um, 
everything we do, I want our young kids to see our older kids. So they're always helping out with whatever they can. I think one thing you touched on there that I think is really important is you talked about your own children, you know, three children, obviously you've been the head coach when they were all different parts of their life. Um, how have you gotten your family involved in your program? Both your wife and your three kids. Um, well, um, the girls don't play softball. Um, you know, I was the Milwaukee Brewer Baseball Academy director for a few years. I even brought him to camp. Parker won it one year, was at, at Miller Park on the big screen. I think, you know, you think that'd get her, but no, she ran track. I mean, so obviously they come to games. My wife is extremely supportive um, coming to games. Obviously, having my son being a bat boy, pretty cool to, you know, from coaching his fourth grade team on to be a bat boy in the 2014 state tournament team on the dog pile, then on the bottom of the dog pile. But, uh, you know, and then him seeing him grow and, and wanting to get there as a player and doing this as a sophomore year. And then uh, obviously not being able to close out my year with my son last year was, was difficult for everybody. But not to finish that journey we had and, uh, you know, losing in 2018 to he wanted to get us back there. I felt we had just as good a chance as anybody else to get there again last year. But, um, you know, they're at games. They hear me talk about family. You know, we do a lot of talks um, <laughs> being uh, our winters in the spring. So, you know, we get a lot of classroom time. So I just, I think just being open with the kids and then seeing a side of us and being obviously a role model and example, you know, we're with these kids probably more than we are with our family from March, April, for sure. And, uh, and, uh, so we better all get along um, and we better have a good time and enjoy each other. And, and hopefully they take some of these lessons when they leave. So and that's sorry, I threw you for a curveball on that one a little bit, but that's just a powerful question. You know, as someone with young kids, who's, I think it's important that, you know, our players see us as, you know, teachers in school as well. And, but also as dads and also as husbands and other things that we do, all the other hats that we wear, um, which kind of leads me to my next question. Like, you know, you've been doing this for a long time, had a tremendous amount of success. Like, what do you know now that you wish you knew then? You know, when you started off, you know, if you could give advice to your previous self, take as much time as you want here. <laughs> as, my, as my buddy Aaron Rodgers says, R-E-L-A-X, relax. Um, you know, I overcoached way too much as a young guy. I mean, I had all the answers. I was ready to go. We're going to have three and a half hour practices um, I still saved a couple of my emails. I kids wanted to have a, we we're supposed to have morning practice. We were kind of in the middle. We we're doing some bullpens and, uh, Hey guys, why don't we just finish up our bullpen session tonight? Well, went an extra hour and 20 minutes. Well, parents are waiting for their kids outside. I have no kids. I don't even think about that, but they just didn't want to come at six o'clock in the morning. We had a great practice. Um, obviously communication, <laughs> um, being organized, respecting, you know, the time outside, the parents that did to come pick up. Uh, drive 25 minutes, you know, to Sullivan to get home. Um, but, yeah, just, again, so, sometimes less is better and keep it simple, you know, keep it simple. Um, you tell these guys too much is way too much. And, uh, you know, we always try to do the sandwich effect, positive, you know, negative, positive. We're doing our comments or our coaching. So um, start out with something, a great job, Tim, but, you know, hey, we've got to do a better job of this or, you know, you open up your front side, you know, but, hey, you know, we had we had a couple of hits last night. Let's see if we can, you know, now we're facing a guy throwing 84. We're going to have to make these adjustments. So um, being way more positive, um, my competitiveness, I think, uh, got to me and the kids saw, obviously, I think it's good to see, but sometimes during a game, I'm just coaching, I'm not playing, so I got to kind of tone it down a little bit. Um, so I don't know, when you get old, Tim, you get old, you're more relaxed. Everybody doesn't have to wear the same shoes. 
they don't have to have the same blonde hair like my buddy Jeff does down at Deloitte, but I'm uh, just kidding, Coach Close. But, uh, you know, just just taking it day by day, a, a trust in the process. Again, having fun, doing it the right way, I think is a simple, simple formula, and, uh, and that's going to breed success. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously over time you've learned a ton of lessons, and I know that you are a continuous learner. You've said that a few times now. Um, and even over this pandemic and some of the shutdowns, there's a lot of resources out there for coaches. So is there something you've learned recently that's maybe challenged how you do certain things or how you've taught something in the past? Um, so open that up for us. Well, you know, technology, you got technology and just hanging out and talking to you guys, you know, the, you know, the Gus is the Gus Mays, Appleton, you, you, Timmy and Jeff Klaus, you know, you guys kind of, you know, gathering the stuff from us but then again we're learning just as much from you guys and and first of all to see the passion from you guys has been awesome like i said the pandemic i mean getting our zoom meetings talking to you guys um I, i'm not good with technology even our first, i remember our first zoom meeting all of a sudden you're you're messaging me there's a thousand people on the zoom meeting and i can't figure out how to message you back or i feel like i'm, I'm talking to a thousand coaches and you're like no this is just private you know um you know so you know just seeing you know it's, it's nice to hear a, that we're doing what a lot of other people that are successful doing. Um, and then some of the things we are doing, I'm like, oh, I thought that was a good idea, but maybe that's not such a bad idea. Or I might try something that you talked about or this, that, oh, that was a great, you know, that's to me the great thing about, you know, the clinic, the, the fraternity, the WBCA, the friendships that we give, get, and then taking this to the Zoom meetings has been awesome. Um, but uh, I need to do a better job with technology. Um, I know all you guys got the, the, the numbers and, and this and that, but um, I'm not the best with that. I'm starting to do more, obviously. Um, obviously, Sticks, GRB, our, best, our better players all over the place are playing for those programs and just developing at a high rate. You know, I give the Shawns, the Gregs, the, the RJs a lot of credit. They're giving a lot of exposure to these kids. And where sometimes the college coaches, unfortunately, don't want to come watch us play against Edgerton or McFarland. You know, just the way it is. And I think as a young coach, I kind of took offense to that. You know, we've got a couple of Division One players. I didn't get much talk with them. I mean, they talked to the summer guys. So, um, and, you know, just, just, just relax and learn a little bit more. Um, I, I think every coach, I think coaches that can't do what we're doing are, are at a loss or the coaches that think they have all the answers. Um, you know, these young coaches or even some of the old coaches that you can't get, you know, two sentences out of after a game or before a game. Um, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Um, I'm not inventing all these. We're taking stuff that we learn from everybody and formulating what, how does that work at Fisher field? How does that work at Jefferson high school gym? How does that work with our kids at our high school? And then just again, and if you're not flexible and you're not taking the stuff in, you're not going to be successful. And I think if you look around the state tournaments, division one, two, three, all across the board, why are these same coaches, you know, successfully up there and doing the things because they're willing to be flexible, learn and, uh, and, I don't know if I kind of ran a little, a little bit. Oh, it's okay. Um, um, back to technology, but is there a piece of baseball technology that really intrigues you? Uh, you know, the exit, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's that darn media again. I hate to bring up the word, but, you know, you know, you know, the exit belows, you know, I used to gun quite a bit. You know, we've had some kids, hey, I don't care. He throws 88. What's he throwing when it's 44 degrees out on Tuesday night? You know, in the first inning, the fifth inning, you know, so obviously we got the gun for that. Um, everybody needs a gun. I think it's important. Plus, kids want to see all their hard work. Um, you know, the blast sensors. I'm starting. You know, starting to get into some of that stuff. Um, 
you know, coaches eye and just video huddle. You know, we do it. I've been doing a ton of that. That's easy. I can take my iPad. I can take my phone, um, break it down. We can, you know, obviously I work from the Brewer Academy uh, with Tim Repay, you know, be able to break down the swing. Um, it has been helpful for our guys, but I don't know if I'm a believer yet in all this stuff that uh, if it's, you know, worth doing or not worth doing. But to me, it comes down to, you know, knowing what to do. So you better practice all the situations and, again, do it the right way and relationship to rapport. So I think the technology part is somewhat important, but at our level, I mean, holy cow, you can't bring out technology if you're playing six games in a week, Tim. You know, you got to – and you can't tell him too much because if he's thinking that week, you know, you go all for – you know, for 15, 18 in a week or, you know, just get you to believe. So at the time, we just got to trick, trick them that they're good, you know. And, again, we're huge influences on them. We're huge motivational. So whether we just made, you know, I've made plenty of things up that have nothing to do with making you a better hitter, whether it's just moving your toe or putting pressure on. I mean, some of the crazy things we told kids, and all of a sudden they get three hits the next day. But holy cow, coach, you told me. And it meant nothing to do with, you know, his swing. So, you know, sometimes it's just tricking them and believing in what they can do. So, and another thing I think that our, our kids believe that they're going to win. That's, that's the art of coaching, right? That's the art of coaching right there. Oh, hey, one more question for you. I'll let you go. Um, is there a book or a podcast or any resource that stands out to you? Like, how are you wired as a learner? Like, what would you pass on to someone else? If someone said, hey, I need help with this or, um, you know, to attend a clinic, like, you know, what, what do you think, what would you pass along to, to another coach? Well, the ABC I've only been to two times, but that that's that, that's to get there, to be able to do it. It's tough with our school, our break, to get there, but that's a must. Um, you know, again, we've been fortunate. Um, eight of us that played college ball, Whitewater head coaches. So we go on our golf trip. We're golfing all day, but guess what we're doing till 2 o'clock in the morning? You know, you know, we're, we're talking baseball. Um, you go these Kumbaya. Yeah. yeah. You go to the clinics, and you know you're you're a part of it now too. We go listen to clinics, but what are we doing from ten o'clock till till we kick Jeff out at three o'clock? We're talking baseball, you know. So, um, and 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 obviously we're learning great things from the clinic, but we're getting quite a bit of stuff, and you'll attest that we're getting in our rooms, you know, going through our roundtables. I know you love them because you know you've been coming back every year, and that's not, our, our friendship has grown because of that. Um, Stick and ball TV, I think, is phenomenal. You can kind of pick and choose. I wasn't doing it every night. But I was spending, you know, that four to six hours a week, you know, during the pandemic watching, watching, uh, um, you know, guys talk and, and videos and drills and, and what some of these guys are giving us. Holy cow. You know, and I think we're fortunate because I was looking forward to using a lot of that this year. Um, and, and what we got from the fence, there's the, you know, Tyler and those guys, the Gillums, you know, it's just been phenomenal stuff. So um, with technology, you got to get stick and ball TV has been unbelievable. Obviously you got a membership, you've got a membership, but uh um, get to know coaches, man. Get to know coaches and talk baseball. Don't just sit there and eat pizza all night and drink beer. You know, get get as much as you can from these guys. And 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 again, most coaches are willing to give it up. I mean, I've kept the same signs for 20 years. You know, you know, I, I know signs of other teams. They know signs of ours. I don't care. You still got out execute. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, don't reinvent the wheel. Keep it simple, stupid, and. You do something wrong in a game and you've never practiced or talked about it, you can't be mad at that kid. you got to find a way to take a note and you better practice that the next day. But our game is complex. Every night on TV we see, holy cow, this happened in the major leagues. Well, we all have crazy stories. So yeah, That's for sure. Well, hey, anything else that you could think of um, about you or Jefferson Baseball before we sign off here? 
No, like I said, I, I feel blessed to be here. Um, I feel, I think it's cool that, you know, uh, now with the success, uh, teams are willing to come play us, you know, you know, getting to know you guys, your programs. We didn't get a lot of those programs uh, to travel as much as they did or the Division One program. So it's been nice to be able to do that, to play the Arrowheads, the uh, the Bradfords, the uh, the Indian Trails, the, the the Burlington Demons. So it's been a, hopefully the Menominee Falls uh, uh, Indians will be coming down and we'll be going down there. So um, be active. Be friendly, learn as much as you can. And there it is. Huge thank you goes out to Greg Featherston for taking the time to sit down with us today. Um, as you can hear, just one of the great guys in the game. And you know, one thing I love about Feather is he's always willing to open up about his program. And you know, he wants to talk baseball. He wants to share program ideas. He's got a hunger for learning. But between the lines, you know, he's as competitive as they come, which I think that embodies a lot of us baseball coaches. And on a personal note, Feather has opened his arms to me as we were making the transition at Catholic Memorial from summer baseball to spring baseball. And I'll never forget my first regional meeting sitting in there with Feather and in the years that followed. Um, just a great guy and one of the great ambassadors for the state of Wisconsin and all that is, all that is good in, the, in, in baseball. Please join us next week as we sit down with our first private school head coach um, a coach that's had a tremendous amount of success as he's bounced from a school that's been sometimes Division Four, Division Three, and most recently Division Two. Um, thank you for joining us today. And remember to subscribe and share and help promote um, all the great things that are going on in our game. Have a great rest of your day.